here in Brooklyn, which means only one thing. It is time for Brooklyn Paper Radio, brought to you as always by Atlas Steakhouse and the Brooklyn Spine Center. I'm your host, Gersh Cunson, along with my co-host, Vince DiMaselli. Vince, how you feeling? Ah, uh, Gersh, I've never been better. Never been better. I love hearing that Filthy Animals Out of Bushwick. Oh, great song. They're great. Sponsored again, like I said, by the Brooklyn Spine Center and Atlas Steakhouse. Vince, how is my posture? How is my posture? No, you you got to work on that. You I got to work. I on got it. a lot of pain. I got degenerative disc disease. I'm 50, not looking back, no. looking forward. You got to. 50 is the new disc. Anyway, Vince, <laughs> what have you been doing? I haven't. I didn't see you all weekend. We didn't have our Star Wars marathon again. No, no. How no, you been? No, What'd you was, do this weekend? It was a very, very busy weekend for me. Very, very busy. It's a, as you know, I told you, it was a, my mother's seventieth birthday is coming up on uh, December twenty seventh. Every year, we usually take her to the city. We take her into Manhattan. And uh, Gap Hatton, I call it. Well, yeah, Gap we do that. Every year, we go in and maybe we we'll go to Radio City Musical or something like that. But you know what? This year. What do you think? They're a little afraid. They don't want to go your into the city. Your parents are afraid your father is an ex-cop. Yeah, doesn't want to go into the city. I couldn't believe it. So we end up in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Asbury Park, New Jersey? Yeah, Asbury Park. Right, outside, right by the Stone Pony. Oh, I love it? the Stone Pony. You heard of that place? Okay, so we're out there, and we went to see Scrooge at the Paramount Theater in Asbury Park, which, by the way, is not Radio City Musical. No. Scro- what do you mean? Scrooge or Scrooged with Bill Murray? No, it was Scrooge, and it was actually a pretty good production of it. Great sound. It was very good singers, but... Uh, you know, my mother said afterwards, you know, she goes, it's not, it's not like in the city. It's not like in the city. So they gave you the, oh, we're afraid of terrorism. We let the, so they let the terrorists win. That's what they did. They let the terrorists win. Yeah, but we, and we also lost the 50-50, and we did not win the, uh, the, the big, uh, the big uh, fruit basket. Well, I, just so you know, over the weekend, I saw my daughter's production of Miss Saigon at Edward R. Murrow mm. High School. If you can hear the sound of my voice, you might want to head to hear, catch the last couple of performances of Miss Saigon. How many times are they doing that show? I think it's actually not going on anymore. I think it's done over the weekend. But, <laughs> but, but still, if you could hear the sound of my voice and, and you have a time machine, go back to Friday night and you'll sit in the front row with me and my uh, lovely family. Was your daughter in the show? or My daughter had a very small role uh, involved. Was she play Behind the scenes. Did she play a shepherd? Uh, she behind the she scenes. One of the wise men? Was she one of the wise men? She really wasn't in the show. <sighs> anyway, but the fact that your parents are so upset about terrorism that they won't even come into New York City. Your father, an ex-cop, NYPD blue. It probably wasn't mostly him. It was probably more my mom. <laughs> Your mom is a wimp, but a, but a looker. A no. looker. And is it wrong to say that, Jimmy? Is it wrong to compliment a guy's mother on the fact that she's a looker? My mother was always proud of the fact. Every, every time Jimmy like, says it is. I go Christmas shopping or something like that. We go to the mall, and, and people would think that I'm her husband and she's my girlfriend or wife. That or either means like that. you're old or she yeah, is a looker. Either. So, Jimmy, you do the math on that. Anyway, you're talking about terrorism, and I'm talking about terrorism. Donald Trump is talking about terrorism. Oh, Even man. the borough president of Brooklyn. Uh, he was on our show last week. Adams about. is talking about, I couldn't remember his first name. Eric <laughs> Adams is talking about terrorism, which brings us to Mo Favelbab, the owner of the Experimental Comedy Gallery in Williamsburg. He's talking about terrorism. He is going to invite Muslims in for free tonight to hear the comedy show. And it's going to be some great comedy. And the best part is we got Mo Fathlebab right here. Mo, say hi to Brooklyn Paper Radio listeners. Hi, everybody. Oh, he sounds like a nice guy. Yeah, hey. Like, yeah, pretty interesting. Is that counterintuitive because you're Muslim? Like, can I say that? <laughs> uh, sure. I don't know. No, I think I think uh, I might have a prickly personality, uh, but that has nothing to do with being Muslim. Well, we're breaking down walls here. Because yeah. I'm a Jew. <laughs> Mo, I'm a Jew. I'm sitting right next to you. The way Wha- you say it sounds sounds worse if I said it that way. <laughs> That's true. I am a Jew, <laughs> circumcised all the way down. Right. And I got to tell you something, Mo. Why should, as a Jew, yes. why should I trust you to put on a good comedy show tonight? Oh, um, tonight or, uh, or, or any night? night. Any, any night. night. Why any is night. this any night different from all other nights? Oh, well, tonight my... tonight we have a, a specific show called Hilarious Muslims that's presented by Internet Action Force. But that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I'm a Jew. Yes. Jew comedy is in my blood. 100. That is a stereotype, which if you want to play it out, that's fine. Is it in your blood? Um, I would like to think so, but we not all necessarily have the same again because of... Uh, uh, being Muslim. No, we all yeah. have the same blood. Vince, you yeah. even even Vince's Italian blood is comic sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I, well, we so try. seriously, what are we going to hear tonight, Mo? Uh, Mo? Oh, well, well, we got some really, I mean, we got some really good comics doing stuff. I mean, we got Nagin Farsad, who uh, is um, the co-director of the Muslims Are Coming documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We wrote about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's very funny. And uh, it's hosted by Athir Yakub, who is... Uh, uh, she does a she's she's performed all over the place, but she is uh, an Arab who was raised in Alabama. 
That's Ooh, not easy. Alabama. So it's not, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, you know, what does she talk about when she talks uh, about? She talks about being raised in Alabama. Yeah, which, is, which is hard no matter who you are, frankly. Yeah, pretty much. I I mean, think, I'd like to see Vince raised in Alabama. I don't think I would have made it. No, no. no you certainly no, wouldn't have been circumcised all the way down to the end. No. Whoa. Hey, yo. Hey, I think you got jokes. <laughs> hey, I, I want to be on your show. Now, yeah, I understand sure. you're allowing, you're, you're giving free uh, admission tonight. For Muslims. Now, how are you going to do that? Because Donald Trump is out there uh-huh. saying we got to do a Muslim test at the border. Yes. Having these guards say, are you Muslim, which is crazy. How are you going to do it? Well, actually, our our, our uh, requirement is much more strict than Donald Trump. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the way we're doing it is that if, uh, if you're a Muslim and you can prove it, and you have to go through a couple of steps. You have to face Mecca, and then you have to read the opening chapter of. Um, uh, you have to recite the opening chapter of the Quran, which is a very short. It's a very short passage. Wait, do I do that in, in Arabic, or you in have English? to do it in Arabic, and you have to do hmm. it in front of me, up to my liking. And if I go, oh, okay, you are Muslim enough, you come and can and watch uh, a show at the Experiment Comedy Gallery for free. All right, let me ask you: Can yes. you recite the opening? Uh, no. You so can't do it. So no, I not, can't do it. You're not getting in. No, I, I wouldn't be able to get in. Hmm. Do you see, the, the, idea, the, the idea is, is that um, I am a hypocrite, ah. uh, <laughs> uh, and so is everybody else who's trying to put a litmus test on, on, on who comes in and who doesn't come in. So do you, the, there is a message here. Yeah, it's a, it, we're being tongue-in-cheeky, yeah. But, but do you know what the opening passage of the Koran deals with? Uh, it's the, uh, the Fatha. It, it, uh, um, it just pretty much just, it's like the announcement of... of of God in your life. Okay, so it's not like yeah. creation. It's not like because that's already been dealt with. I no, guess. no. In the Quran, the the Quran is is, is is the way it was edited into being is mm-hmm. that it starts off with the shorter patches, passages and then it goes on because Arabic it was a very oral mm. but also a very poetic sort of uh, language. So there's mm-hmm. uh, so it's like these short poems and then it goes into these longer. Um, epics. So, if you ever read, uh, for example, the Canterbury Tales or, or the original Beowulf, no, no, it's it's no. similar in vain. No, no, never so did any like, of that. Like, I mean, like, that's like a high school assignment. Yeah, it's like uh, you know. Do you know that Thomas Jefferson had a copy of the Koran? Yeah, he took out all the supernatural aspects of it, and he just was like, "Oh, these are the r- rules of man that I like," and then all the yeah. stuff about miracles and stuff he didn't. Well, he did. you know, he was also a slaver. Uh, yeah, he's I mean, yeah, let's, let's he just, was uh, a hypocrite. Yeah, he was a hypocrite. So he'd get free admission to your show tonight. Uh, pro- probably. Thomas Jefferson probably would be the first person to get free admission, but so would be his Muslim slaves. That's right. That's right. So give us your yeah. best. Give us your best Trump joke right now. Put you on the spot. Just Trump. oh my goodness, my best Trump. I mean, what what can I say uh, that Donald Trump hasn't said already? Um, uh, because he something himself, of sense. Maybe? Because he he, he himself uh, he himself is a joke. Uh, did, you hear his doctor, did you hear his doctor today sent out a letter? This is actually true. Sent out a letter saying, if elected, Donald Trump would be the healthiest person ever elected to the presidency. And to which I say two words, William Howard Taft. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, guy, that guy was healthy. As, he was as, as healthy as an ox. Yeah, he ate a which, couple oxes. <laughs> He's as big as an ox. I think I just yeah. stepped on his joke. I'm sorry about that, Mo. <laughs> no, I'm not no, a regular no. comedian. Oh, my God. No. Not at all. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, so look, we, we're talking circumcision. We're talking Trump. Oh, but the, now let me yeah. ask you the tough question: Are we circumcising Trump? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I, I imagine. He I is mean, already. he does. He does look like his 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 head is made out of foreskin. I wonder if he is circumcised. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump. He he probably has the most glorious. The, the classiest it's circumcision. Huge. I think it's the classiest yeah. foreskin ever. I, oh, I do. My my Donald Trump joke is is actually a filthy one. I can't say it on the. We uh, could just beep it out, Jimmy. You got the beep. No, right? well, <laughs> it's it's all about it, it, because you just reminded beep. me of a thing that I just wrote, uh, which is pretty much is Donald Trump on OK Cupid describing uh, his manhood, and it's <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> yeah, my manhood is so huge. It's the classiest manhood you've ever seen. Um, you're going uh, you, to be so you will, tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 you. Uh, it, well, if you beep it, yeah. Um, if you can beep this one, <laughs> no, no, we can't, no. We, we got, can't beep it. No, live. we got a, we got a negative five second delay system here. Okay, so don't. Yeah, don't worry. But pretty much, it ends with uh, with his young companion. Uh, uh, drenched in gold. Now the good news is the good news is it's nice to see a Muslim comic sitting here with a Jewish guy. Wait, wait, and we're I, still doing we're mm, still doing dick jokes. Huh? What was what was? Uh, I just got it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's a little slow on that. One. Yeah, no, that yeah. was all right. But that's that that one's not for the families. That's, but that's, in the that's, end, that's for the bleachers. Yes. In the end, John Stewart, Mo Fathelbob, we're still doing dick jokes. I love it. I love oh, it. of course. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have a guy who's a huge dick, then you have to. 
it's it's right there. It's right there. That's that's the low hanging fruit, if you know what I mean. Literally. Thank you very much. I'm here. I'm here all week, everybody. (laughs) I'm assuming his balls is hanging so low, (laughs) which what makes him so angry, and everything is so exaggerated because he's an old. He's a very old person. How? I don't, I don't know how old he is. He's how not old? that old. He's in his late 50s. He's, I think he's, he's 172 years old. I hear he's really healthy, though. Yeah, he very is, healthy. Very he healthy. is healthy as, uh, well, if his doctor's Nick Riviera from The Simpsons, then yeah, he's the, <laughs> the he's doctor. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. <laughs> the doctor, by the way, was not talking about his mental health. It was purely physical. Because as you know, Donald Trump does not drink and he does not smoke. Um, so never has? There, uh, never I mean, has. Never has. Probably hash. I feel like, I mean, he must be so, smoking something. <laughs> he's smoking something. He's <laughs> given some of the things he's saying. Yeah. Now, so who else you got tonight? Anybody? else going to do some other, you know non-trump jokes because we could go on all night oh <laughs> I, I would say i would say for the most part uh, the comedians are doing non-trump jokes mm. but just the idea i mean the show here's the thing the show is actually this is the second um edition of the show we did it uh, a couple of we did it in october uh and you know i had a decent a decent amount of people come but uh just donald trump has yeah. made this suit incredibly special like he is, he is the 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 gift that just keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it is it is the holiday season, and I, I would feel remiss to not uh, thank Donald Trump for this wonderful Christmas present. Even though I'm not Christian, a wonderful Christmas present of his mouth. Yeah, maybe he gave oh, you an Eid al Fatir present. Do you get presents then? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what I, I just threw in a Muslim holiday. What do you think, know. Mo? What do you think? I, I I appreciate the effort. Yeah, it was a good effort. I didn't pronounce it right. <laughs> I didn't pronounce it. No. I appreciate the effort. Uh, uh, and now we just have to get the Blasio to shut down the schools on those. On, on oh the boy, yeah, that's still out there. Let me now we got to ask the tough question. <laughs> I don't care. I really don't. I don't have kids. So I don't care. As I said, look, I don't bow towards Mecca. Mm-hmm. I don't bow to your God, your your, it's your the same, Muhammad. It's supposedly it's the same God. I'm I know I'm yeah, circumcised yeah. <laughs> all the way down to the end, like so, I said. Um, but where are you on the tough one? Do you eat pork? You eating pork? Um, if it's on pizza, on pizza, hmm. on pizza, 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 pork, Wait, pizza, pork on pizza. What kind of Muslim are you? What are you hmm. talking? You've never had a pepperoni pizza? I guess it is pork. I, I think a pepperoni is a beef product. I always thought of pepperoni as, as something that was on pizza on Sesame Street, and that was about it. I never actually had it. Oh, really? okay. You don't. You, I guess you guys don't eat pizza. No, I, I grew up. Well, I ordered a pizza. It was a plain pie. I'm Italian. It's plain uh, pie. Margarita. Uh, margarita. Is he having the accent? Well, you you can no. do that accent there, Mo. Oh, the, the margarita. Oh, that's Remember, not bad. No, that sounded sound, a little that Muslim. Sounded, that sounded Russian. A little lesbian. It was a little <laughs> Lebanese, <laughs> I think. That sounded like Putin just shouted out, like the margarita. Yeah, that was good, Putin. And I then, like could you take your shirt off like uh, like Vladimir Putin? <laughs> um, it's, it's radio, no. so it doesn't matter. No. That's just for my own. That's just for my own pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know it was going to be this kind of. Like radio. I said, I I'm circumcised all the way down to the end. Oh wow, we, I'm being we all will right. Keep, we will keep. There's going to be some to Muslim Jewish unity tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> I just want to say, my son asked that I mention him on the show. My son Vince, and uh, and now he can't listen to it. So, it's, <laughs> <laughs> look, it's an adult show, Jimmy. We go on at 4:30, so the kids can't listen. Am I? Right? How, how how old is your son? He's gonna be nine in January. Oh, okay, yeah, he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Yeah, listen. no, we can't have that. I'm so sorry. I, yeah, I did, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad. That, I'm glad I didn't finish the entire joke. <laughs> so, how many comics do you have tonight? Uh, seven. Uh, uh, seven. Oh, eight. Eight, including the host. Sorry. So it's seven plus the host. That's a lot of comedy. Yeah, how many? How many hours of comedy is that? Yeah, um, that's gonna probably be about ninety minutes to to an hour and forty minutes mm-hmm. of comedy. So if yeah. I have you ever had two old guys sit in the front row and kind of like. Make fun of the comedians. No, that's not what happened. Just Mo, just so you <laughs> I know, I would love to have the Stadler and Mardo no, show. No, we went yeah. to we went to a comedy club. Where was, was it? The it was Hook, Long Island City. The Crew and the Hook, or the Hook and the Crew, or did this comedy show have a frog hosted and then a pig tried to get on the show? No, 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 nothing like that. Anyway, we, Vinny and I <laughs> uh-huh. were in the front row and we we're genuinely laughing. But nobody else was laughing because yeah. it was somewhat lowbrow comedy. But we really were genuinely laughing. Where was this? It was in Astoria. Long Island City. Long Island City. Oh, where? Oh, okay. I don't the want hook you to say The where. Hook and the Ladder or something. I forget the name of the place. And oh, oh, free oh, comedy. oh. They're, they're my No, my we had friends, a great time. We were genuinely laughing. Yes. Yeah. And they thought we were making fun of them. And so we had to actually buy them drinks afterwards, which was a lot ah. of fun. And we yeah. all got along. And then my girlfriend accused me of flirting with the comic host. Of the show, which I was not doing because mm-hmm. I'm I'm happily ensconced, Vince, as you know, and yes, yeah. circumcised all the way down to the end. They and they, they you say like all the way down to the end as if you don't have a dick. Uh, yeah, like that's what I feel <laughs> like. It's pretty much that's what I'm saying. Because like, when you're saying down to the end, I feel like okay, you know, it's like oh, you're just it, circumcised. It sounds like okay, it was taken care of. When I came out, there was out, a breast, there was a whole thing. I, I came out of the womb, and the doctor said he's all penis. 
Um. So they had to. They had to do it. Okay. Did they circumcise your finger too, Gersh? They circumcised every part. I was anyway. Listen, Mo, you caught on, and I love that. So right. you're gonna get 90 minutes of good, top quality comedy. Yeah. If I was not a Muslim, and I'm not, how how much would I pay for that? Um, tickets are 10 bucks for That's this nothing. show. Yeah. That's nothing. It's nothing, Jimmy. Jimmy you could afford it's that. It's not really That's much of a discount then. No, it's a good discount. No, I mean, I get, here's here's the thing. Only a handful of people have taken full advantage of it. Uh, 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 quite a few Muslims so far um, since we announced it. It's only been a couple of days have come in and paid for tickets just because they want to. They like the idea that mm-hmm. we're just you know we're poking Trump's eye. Yeah. Um, you know the only the only people who are going to be taking advantage of it. I and I, I and I and I say this and I and I love because this is basically most of our demographics are poor are poor hipsters. Poor hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they get everything. Uh, I mean, uh, when I say poor hipsters, it's 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 a rainbow coalition. Okay. We're not we're not talking about like the 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 Williamsburg, um, you know, um, uh, what they call the trust fund babies. Well, where is the yeah. experimental comedy gallery? Oh, we're on uh, Twenty Broadway uh, off of Kent in Williamsburg. Oh, okay. Nice. As I just took. No, a, I know where you are. You're on the east side of Williamsburg. Yeah, we're right by Peter Luger's. Oh, Ooh. Luger's. But we don't. We don't. You know, I'll tell you about Luger's. Mo, just so you know, Luger's uh-huh. do, doesn't hold a candle to Atlas Steakhouse. Oh, and I'm not saying I, that because they're an advertiser. <laughs> oh, my just, bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I not just have, because they're our sponsor. But, they're, but that's a German style steakhouse where they treat you like garbage. Yeah. You yeah. go to Atlas Steakhouse, Mediterranean style, they say, excuse me, sir. What can I get for you? Oh, okay. oh and, and yes, we will accept that credit card. Exactly. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I, do, I do like the idea that Peter Luger's has uh, has a. They don't call their gift card gift cards. They call them Peter Luger cards. It's a gift card. Yeah, you get a Peter yeah, Luger. It's card. a gift yeah. to Peter Luger. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get out. Mo, what time does the show start tonight? The show tonight starts at nine thirty. And usually, you you do comedy every night or just on Monday? Yeah, we got o- we got comedy shows seven nights a week. Oh do you, wow! Do you open at all? When are you on? Are you on tonight or are you just you just like? Oh no, I host a show on Saturday nights at nine. Okay. Oh, I gave himself so a good time see, slot. You see Mo, you <laughs> well, I co-host. I co-host with with two very very funny um, uh, comedians, both named Camille. That must oh, be hard wow. to tell Camille them apart. One, Camille two. Camille yeah, one. there is a Camille one. I'm technically Camille three. Wait, oh. but here's the thing. You own the club. You give yourself the best time slot. What about Vince and me? You give us a little show. Give us a little gig. You just have to pitch, man. You just pitch me. A I thing. was I was funny, Jimmy. Wasn't I funny on the show today? <laughs> well, what yeah, kind Jimmy's of show do you want to do? You just have to tell me. Two I don't know old what. guys talking about their circumcisions. That's what I want to do. <laughs> is that so wrong, Jimmy? The it's a one trick pony. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go check. I'm gonna go check in on my friends over at the Creek in the Cave, which I think you just maligned the name. No, did not. Did uh, not. I love those guys. What was the Hook and the Crook? What was it called? The, the Comedy Place in Long Island yeah, City. Yeah, else, yeah they're wonderful, wonderful people. No, I but love, Chelsea I love Hood. What they're doing. Chelsea Hood does a show over there. And yeah. Chelsea, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you were excellent that night. It's fantastic. Great host, and I was not flirting with you, although you still have my Met hat, which I was too drunk to remember. <laughs> yes. And Vince knows all about that. Mo, we got to get out. Yes, you did a great. You're going to do a great thing tonight. Thank Last you so much. Last comment. What do you think about uh, just whatever? Give, give us whatever you got on your mind. Okay. Yeah, like we Brooklyn, hipsters. How about Star Wars? Star Wars. Where oh, are you Star on Star Wars? Wars? Yeah, where are you on I, Star Wars? I'm, like, I'm, I'm, th- I'm going to be there Thursday night. Man. Really? I'm Muslims gonna... like Star Wars? Um, I, 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 you know what? I, I, before, <laughs> if we can squeeze this in real quick. Sure. I saw episode two, Attack of the Clones, in Egypt, and um, and this tells you how how. How Star Wars bridges gaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because when Natalie Portman, who's Israeli born, uh, uh, oh, yeah. a young and hot, Jewish and uh, hot, uh, hot Semite. Well, here's here's the thing: is because she is that attractive, and I say this, um, uh, not 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 uh, not using someone's body for their whatever. You know what I mean? I'm, it's I'm not a, objectifying. I feel like a, not objectifying, right. but in a, in a sea full of nerds, brown Muslim nerds, all but like he, in their Star Wars shirts, or some of them had samurai. Uh, guys on their show, you know, nerds, you know, yeah. the guys who would be like doing AV stuff in your high school and you try to, you know, do a whole uh, thing with the wedgie and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they enjoyed that moment when Natalie Portman, and it's a dumb moment, when Natalie Portman starts tending to all the Jedi oh, yeah. in, in the arena as they're being attacked by the clones. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she starts ripping pieces of her uh, clothes off nice. as, mm. as bandits. Can yeah. you say brown Muslim nerds on a, TV, on a radio show? I can, I can say that. He just did. I can say that. I think we should steer clear, Gary. Well, it's the fun thing is, <laughs> Mo. It's great that you're here because you're going to listen. We uh, we got a very special guest coming up after the break. Okay. We got R two D two coming into the studio for Ooh. a special interview, and it's great to hear that Muslims and Jews and even Italians like Vince DiMaselli here can enjoy Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. So I want to thank Mo uh, Mo Mo Fathelbab. Of the Experimental Comedy Gallery out there in East Williamsburg. I call it Broadway in Kent. Mm-hmm. Tonight at 9, you're going to go get a free comedy show if you're Muslim. 
$10 if you're not or Gersh Kunzman, circumcised or not. <laughs> anyway, Mo, thank you very much for coming thank on. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. There he goes. There great. he goes. All right, Jimmy, let's let's uh, let's talk to R2D. Let's get him on the phone. Well, Vinny, as you know, the stars of the upcoming blockbuster, Star Wars, have declined all our interview requests. Yeah, they're a bunch of freaking greedos, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the good news is that R2-D2 agreed to come on the show and talk about The Force Awakens, which is a bit of a coup for us. R2-D2? This is the droid we're looking for. Indeed, Darth Maselli. So first, let's welcome R2-D2 to Brooklyn Paper Radio, all the way by subspace hookup from Tatooine. We hope we get a clear connection on the scrambled signal there, Jimmy. Welcome, R2-D2. That is nice of you to say, R2-D2, but it's a greater honor for us. I mean, you're a legend. You were in all six of the Star Wars movies, after all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the prequels don't count, especially that part in episode two where you could fly. I mean, what was George Lucas thinking? Hmm, That bad, huh? Was it uh, Quaaludes or LSD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not completely condemn hallucinogenic drugs. I mean, how else could someone have come up with the Star Wars bar scene in the first place? But R2... Wait, do you mind if I call you R2? No, okay, I understand. Mr. D2. Anyway, I was going to ask if you could tell us anything about the new movie, The Force Awakens. What was it like being back on the set with Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, and Mark Hamill? Really? You, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher? It sounds hot. Oh, oh, I get it. It was you, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill. I hear the force is strong in that one. Yeah, well, that can happen to any middle-aged man, Mr. D2. Present company excluded, of course. Yes, they do have a pill for that now. Moving on, moving on. Tell us about your relationship with C-3PO. We know what he's like on screen, but what is he like on the set? And we hear it can be a bit of a pain. Oh, and you put up with that all these years? So I take it you guys don't hang out much in between films. <laughs> Everyone would rather hang out with Billy D. Williams. Uh, but you guys don't get together at all? No Christmas cards? Oh, I didn't know he was Jewish. That's interesting. It's surprising he doesn't get a mention in the Hanukkah song. Yeah, well, it is tough to rhyme C-3PO with menorah. <laughs> well, enough about this. And we know you have to go, Mr. D2, but uh, we were when you were on set, you were on the set. You read the script. Yep. And our listeners need to know. Here it comes, R2. Once and for all. Here it comes. Did Han shoot first? I, I knew it. Gersh, you owe me a dollar. Oh, could, enough with these softballs. Let's get into the tough questions about the new movie that only we have the guts to ask. Now, we know you signed a non-disclosure agreement form to keep the secrets, but then again, you were the one to deliver the secrets to Obi-Wan in Star Wars. Yeah, we still call it Star Wars. Yeah, and what we really need to know is how does it feel to play second banana to a droid like BB-8, which as far as we can tell is the star of the new movie. My eight-year-old already threw out his R2 garbage can and replaced it with a shiny new BB-8 one. Whew. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take it easy. Take it easy, Mr. D2. I think we hit a sore spot with that one, Vince. What a mouth on that guy. He sounds like a sailor. Well, Vince, technically he is a sailor. Anyway, Mr. D2, always remember that you'll get a lot of love from your fans here at Brooklyn Paper Radio. After all, you were the guy who fixed the hyperdrive and the warp coil and the Falcon getting our heroes to safety. Yeah, and you shut down all the garbage compactors on the detention level in the nick of time. Shut down all the garbage compactors. Shut down all the garbage compactors. I mean, we have never seen such devotion in a droid. That's right, and you did hit the Buzz Droid center-eyed like Obi-Wan told you, and you saved Han's life when Jabba wanted to throw him into the Sarlacc, which would have digested him over thousands of years, yet he never appreciated you. Yeah, I know. He really treated you like scrap. You don't have to cry. No, you know what? You do have to cry. Let it out. R2-D2, let it out. Let it out. <laughs> He's really, He's really sad. Listen to him. He just won't stop. He's really sad. I hate to see a droid fall apart like this. Reminds me of the time Uncle Owen almost bought that uh, R2 unit uh, with a bad motivator. Okay, we understand. We understand. Vince, we got to let him go. He needs to power down and plug into the mainframe for a few minutes. Yeah, I understand completely. No, 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 no. Well, thank you, R2-D2, for joining us today. Star Wars The Force Awakens is in theaters on Friday. R2-D2, everybody. And next week, uh, tune in for our exclusive interview with the newest Star Wars sensation, BB-8. Woo!
awesome, man. R2-D2 on the show. Vince, what do you think of that guy? I cannot believe R2 came on. That was, it was a good connection, too. Yeah, it was pretty good. Surprising. All the way. Subspace from Tatooine. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have another uh, Daily News reporter talk about her hatred of Star Wars. But in the meantime, i got to ask you a question, Vince, and I'm going to ask the tough one. Yeah, go right ahead. Has low back pain kept you on the sidelines of life? Man. Unable to do all the things that make you active and happy. Well, you know what? I've been lucky. Well, no, well, let me tell you about people who haven't been. Non-surgical spinal decompression at Brooklyn Spine Center can put them back in the game. Spinal decompression has been proven effective in relieving pain associated with bulging and herniated discs, degenerative disc disease, which is what I have, sciatica, and even failed back surgery. The DRX-9000 spinal decompression device, I call it the DRX, applies a distraction force to relieve nerve compression, and that's the thing that causes low back pain and sciatica, as I well know. <laughs> this force, it's a kind of a pumping action, allows the body's own nutrients to flow back into the affected disc and helps re revitalize the, the injured disc. You want to find out more, Vince? Well, all you got to do is contact Brooklyn Spine Center at 718-234-6207. You schedule an appointment with Dr. Melinda Keller. And she'll determine if you're a candidate for that uh, DRX 9000 spinal decompression. That number again, 718-234-6207. Or you can visit the website at brooklynspinecenter.com. That's Brooklyn Spine Center, 5911 at 16th Avenue in Brooklyn. And I, I believe, Vince, you got to tell us something? Oh, I do. I do, Gersh. I do. You know? And we at, we got to pay the bills here, folks. <laughs> Atlas Steakhouse offers a selection of premium cuts aged on site for perfect texture and taste. I, I can tell you all about it later, and I, I might actually do that. But uh, oh, yeah, Atlas Steakhouse, as you know, has an extensive list of vintage wines. It has expertly mixed classic signature cocktails. It's got signature appetizers guaranteed to stimulate the palate. My grandmother used to always say that. You know, you have an appetizer, you're supposed to wake up the palate. Yeah. It's supposed to get you going. That's what they do with Atlas, you know? Atlas Steakhouse offers your choice cut steak crafted into a culinary masterpiece just for you. There are also delightful desserts, each sweeter than the last. Atlas Steakhouse, a completely unique dining experience. It's at 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can find it online at atlassteak.com. Now, I drove past there. It's Coney Island Avenue down there in Kensington just before you get to Midwood. Great location. Perfect location for a top-quality steakhouse. And Vince was there over the weekend. He had a great time. Brought his wife. Oh, yeah. No, it was her birthday. What about your other wife, Gersh Kunstman? <sighs> One of these days, i got to get you yeah. over there. All right. Anyway, the vi the funny thing to listen to Mo Fathelbaub and R2-D2 talking about Star Wars, we published a, a column in Today's Daily News. By Jeanette Septembre, one of the best columns you're ever going to read because she's a millennial. Vince, you know about these people that are born in like early 90s? No, they're I, millennials. I only, I only know about the uh, the Gen Xers. Now, if you're born in the in the millennial generation, that's the sweet spot right between the, the, the original Star Wars in 1977 and the last prequel in 1999. That's the sweet spot. That's so I said to spot, Jeanette, yeah. I'm her editor and her mentor. She's my protege. I said, Jeanette, are you interested in Star Wars? It's opening on Friday. She said, I could care Less. So I'm going to get her on the phone right now. Jimmy, I'm going to dial it. Let's be clear. She could not care less. I know. Could not. I know. I just get that wrong. Wow. I'm calling her. Oh, oh I, just, I just dialed the wrong number. I always do that. I got to do Every it again. Every time. Does she know we're calling? She does. There we go. Can you hear me? Jimmy, I think you can turn it down a little. There you go. Just a little. There you go. Don't try to... Kids, don't try to get this number off of me. No, no, no. Jeanette's number is... It's safe. All right. Let's see if we get Jeanette on the phone. I think she'll answer. Hope no, this is right always now. the most tense part of the show. It is. Every week. Everything's at stake right now. We don't know what's going to happen. She could be there. I don't she know, might maybe, not be. Maybe she's in the bathroom. I told her to call her. I know. You should. Did you tell her what time? I told her I was circumcised all the way to oh, the end. Man. This is Jeanette. Oh, Jeanette September from the New York Daily News. This is Gersh Kunstman at Brooklyn Paper Radio, along with our co-host Vince DiMaselli. Hi, Jeanette. How are you? Hi, great to speak with you both. Well, great, How are you? Great to have you on the radio. Uh, Jeanette, as you know, I'm your boss, but I'm also your mentor. And yes, I came to you are. this morning and I said, Jeanette, where are you on the whole Star Wars issue? Well, I've got to tell you, Gersh. I mean, I know you're, uh, you're with the Force over there. Oh, I got I the Force. Mm -hmm. I cannot be more uninterested in this movie coming out on Friday. You know what? In fact, I'd rather be sliced, as I wrote, in half with a lightsaber. Uh, you mean you mean the way that uh, Darth Maul bought it in the end? You don't even know what I'm talking no, about. She has no idea. I have no idea. She has no idea that that's less. how that's how 
Ben Obi-Wan Kenobi died, but right. but yet live forever. Oh, of course. Now, now, Jeanette, you've never even seen a single minute of a Star Wars movie, am I right? In my entire 24 years of living, no, I have not seen any of the six movies, and I certainly don't plan on plunking down $15 to see it on the big screen. And I'm y- sick of everybody advertising uh, Star Wars left and right. I can't even walk into... Uh, Ample Hills Creamery in Brooklyn without being force-fed uh, this Star Wars uh, nonsense. Yeah, they got the light, the light side and the dark side custards. It's not as I used to, I used to eat. It came from Gowan. It's my favorite flavor, and suddenly it's the dark side. I, I'm just surprised that they're force-feeding people. Yeah, they shouldn't force-feed people. No, that's Jeanette, not come right. on now. But I Jeanette, you're it's it's funny to I hear think. you talk this way because just so you know, Jeanette works for me. She's pleasant in almost every way except for this Star Wars thing. It's like gotten under her skin. It's like it's like a burr in Chewbacca. It is. I'm sorry, left and right. I'm getting poked with lightsabers on the subway. I'm hearing that annoying, monotonous theme song in Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Uh, I can't escape it, and I'm sick of it. Like I said, if I wanted to uh, to step over on the dark side and go and I'd eat the chocolate part of a black and white cookie. Hmm. That's a good point. What's That's your take on Christmas? I love Christmas. See, okay. there you go. I told you she's very pleasant. <laughs> I was just checking. Yeah. I am. I am. I'm just a little fed up with all this Star Wars talk. But what if I said I could give you a protocol droid that's not only great with a, with an evaporator unit, but also is completely fluent in bache? That wouldn't bache? do it for you? N- nothing. Nothing at all, huh? Nothing at all. It's like it's like the, like the, uh, the Italian sport? No, no, no. It's practically a second language to C-3PO. Not doesn't help you at all, does it? No, like I said, the only Star Wars I'm interested in are the ones, the feuds between uh, Donald Trump and Rosie O'Donnell, and uh, the juicier ones like Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston fighting over Brad Pitt. Well, those are good Star Wars. <laughs> I'm on Team Jennifer, just for the record. Uh-huh. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean, I would not be with Angelina Jolie under any circumstances. No. Okay. Uh, and it's a good thing that'll never happen, right, Jeanette? Yep, it's a good thing. <laughs> All right, well, Jeanette, so clearly you've got Friday free, right? I do. I've actually blocked off the entire day to take a nap and uh, not watch any TV or uh, read any media whatsoever. That's trumpeting this. So you're going to power down and plug into the mainframe. You're not going to save. Sure you're not going to save your best friends by fixing the hyperdrive. Nope, and nothing can awaken me. Not even the force. Wow, hmm, she's like she, out. It's like she's going to be frozen in carbonite. Yeah, she is not the droid we're looking for. Oh man. Well, Jeanette, September great. What else are you working on? Anything good? Uh, I'm actually just working on my Sunday food column, Each Beat, uh, and, um, well, that's about it for now. Wow. Well, I look forward to reading all of your classic stuff in the New York Daily News. You write pretty much every day. Sundays, she's in print in the food section. Vince, do you have anything last you want to ask Jeanette? Because she's fantastic. So you wait, you really are a millennial. I sure am. Oh, what I'm a 20-something. I don't even know what that means. What when, that? when were you born? What? Oh, don't even Don't even say it. Oh, I love it, dead air. I think we lost her. When were you born, Jeanette? Oh, uh, uh, I'm a 90s kid. No, 90s. That's 10 years. When were you born, Jeanette? Uh, 91. 1991. Uh-huh. 20 years. 20 years before the second. 20 years my junior, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm very proud of you, Jeanette. And you're doing great work at the Daily News. And I got to say, Mort Zuckerman, if you can hear the sound of my voice, give Jeanette a raise. Give Jeanette a raise. (laughs) Give Jeanette a raise. Let's chant it, everybody. Give Jeanette a raise. Hey. All right. We got to let her go. Jeanette, thank you very much. Jeanette September, everybody. Follow her on Instagram at at J underscore September. Right? That's it. All right. All right. Follow her there. Vince, let her go. September. Let's play her out. All right. You got that? No, that was fantastic. All right, Jimmy, let's go to the morning paper segment. We got to get Colin in here. Oh, we got to do it. I read the morning paper. Well, that's Jimmy and the Revolvers, our favorite band out of Liverpool. And the reason we play that is we, we want to go to a morning paper segment. And you read it in, not in Brooklyn paper, my friend. Not today. Not in Brooklyn paper. In Brooklyn Daily, which is the website of the Courier Life Group here at the Brooklyn paper. And I got to say, Colin Mixon, who's a good young kid. He's done it again. Got a good story, so let's just call him up. We'll get him in here. You got to go. If While we're waiting, while Colin's coming, go to BrooklynDaily.com. Take a look at the picture that's on the cover. Hello, it's Colin. Hey, hey, Colin. Hey. Get the hell in here. All right. <laughs> Hang up on me. I he's love excited. this. Let's see if he walks in this time. No, he's going to just, he's going to. Is he going to hustle? Right. Look at him go. Did we talk to him last week? Yeah, we did. Come on in here. Get in here. Slam that door. Oh, here oh, he comes. Colin Mixon, everybody, who has become, in his few short years, he's like, 
one of those college kids who stays for another extra year because he's just kind of figuring stuff out. Yeah. She's got a five-year plan. I guess yeah. I'm saying it's time to move on, Colin. Is that, uh, is that, what, is that what you're trying I'm, to say? I need a young, scrappy young reporter like you with the Daily News. Unfortunately, yeah. I can't pay you. Oh, that's well, that, yeah. Anyway, you had a great story in the Brooklyn yeah. Daily today. Tell us a little bit about it. It's about something about some fishermen. Shipwrecks, Jaws. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, the southern coast of Brooklyn is littered with sunken ships. Ooh. There's wait a second. Wait a minute. Let's start there. Why? Uh, various reasons. German uh, U-boats? Mm. Uh, maybe. Any I treasure? Tell you. Any treasure? Are they looking for treasure? Is there treasure in these ships? Maybe it's, some bullion? It's not really that kind of sunken ship. Oh, no. So what are we so, talking about? What kind of ships are we talking about? Um, ships of, you know, houseboats, uh, motorboats, um, you know, rowboats. Rowboats. Uh, rowboats. Uh, but ships, uh, good-sized ships, 25, 30-foot uh, boats. Uh, okay, so bigger. we're going to need a bigger boat if we're going to haul up those kind of ships. So what happens? Yeah, okay. Well, so the big thing is Hurricane Sandy happened, obviously, so that caused a lot of wrecks. Yeah, but definitely. there was also uh, the cost of um, getting rid of a boat is enormous in some instances. Why, why is that? Um, because it's underwater. Why do I want to get rid of it? It's already it's already in Davy Jones' well, locker. Well, that's, that's why it's underwater is because people are scuttling them off the coast Scuttle. of Brooklyn. I can look um, that up. Oh, people do it intentionally? Yeah. They're oh, this basically is illegally dumping boats. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Hmm. Wait but a minute. Wait a hold. Let's, that, let's backtrack. Wait, why, would you, sure. why would you dump a boat? Well, so, I mean, you could sell a boat. That's one way to get rid of a boat. But if you have something that nobody wants to buy... Um, then that boat's just going to be uh, sucking up money, you know, docked. You're paying for dock fees. You're paying for upkeep. What, do you, so, Colin, do you yeah. know what is the best day in a boat owner's life? When he buys his boat. And what's the worst day in a – but no, I, <laughs> I screwed up the joke. Yeah. What's the – all right, but anyway, you know the best day in a boat owner's life is when he buys his boat and when he sells his boat. Yeah, and you're, and you're a boat t- owner gets two best days. And you're yeah. telling me – these people can't sell their boat, so they're just dumping them off the coast of Brooklyn. Yeah. What, Jersey's not good enough for these people? It's too far. I don't know. This is ridiculous. So they dump the boat, and what happens? Um, well, so it's it's not good. Uh, it poses a hazard for other boaters. Sure. And also, a lot of times, it has fuel uh, inside the boat, which, as it's corroded by the forces of nature, yeah. Uh, yeah. can leak out and if cause dumping, environmental problems. If I'm dumping problems. my boat, I'm pulling the fuel first. Yeah, why are you dumping, you're dumping a couple hundred gallons of fuel? That's a big waste. Yeah. 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 All right, so then they dump it, and then what happens? Uh, and then nothing happens. Nothing? For, for years. Yeah. I, well, mean, I imagine coral, coral grows on it. Weeds, uh, algae. Oh, sure. Okay, yeah, and then I what mean, happens? Doesn't it just get run over by the other boats until it's all, like, flattened and just kind of disappears? Well, Isn't that what happens? I, no, it's not roadkill. Well, yeah. It seems like to me. Ideally, it doesn't get run over by any boats. But, you know, some of them sink and some of them don't. They kind of just float at the top or... Have become so they're in the way. They're in the way. We got to get out. Yeah. They're in the way. So what, who is helping this problem other than you by reporting on it? Um, so the Parks Department, like a decade ago, uh, the guy who works for their Marine Division came up uh, with created this contract, uh, which hasn't seen any funding until like just now, uh, thanks to Hurricane Sandy. In which case, uh, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency and um, NOAA. Which is the uh, no? I don't. I literally I don't know what no you're talking about. Let's get cut to the chase. Okay. Somebody, somebody created this <laughs> this mini program in the parks department, and right. nobody funded it. They didn't really advertise it. They just kind of created this contract so that if they were getting funding, they would be like good to go. You know. They, it seems to me I, this I, these reporters today. I swear, I, I have a million questions, and I'm getting about one of them answered. Yeah, and I'm looking. Okay. At, I'm looking at the story online, and, I, and, I, and it's crying out for a slideshow. What crying really, out what for really crying out for is Gersh Kunzman edited. All right, Mixon, yeah. you'll become a hostile witness. Here we go. All right. So they created a program. They didn't fund it. So now okay. what is happening? Who is funding this after Hurricane Sandy? So now the federal government is funding Ah, uh, the federal government. Oh, the feds are paying for it, and they're pulling boats out of the water. They, gave, they gave the Parks Department uh, $2 million to work with. Well, that should be enough. I, you give Vinny and me $50,000, we'll pull them all out. Yeah, that's not a problem. For $2 million. That's good. Yeah. Well, you guys should have bid for it. They put it out for bid. Well, you don't want yeah, you don't want to be the lowest bidder on a government contract. But here's the no, question: no. So, two million dollars yeah. is contracted out to people who are going to dredge these these harbors of boats. They yeah they they contracted out to Custom Marine, and the, one of the reasons they gave it to them is because they have a um, a Vietnam era landing craft for troops 
mm. which they which is which is they use because it has a really shallow draft, ah. which means it can get in closer. All these nautical terms. No, I like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it has about a four foot draft at the deepest. Okay, so they pull the boat right onto that boat. Uh, they do in some cases. Yeah, they have a crane on the boat, and you know, in like Saving Private Ryan, hmm. when they go on the beach and they drop the front down so all the troops can come off and get shot. Yeah, and get and get shot. I mean, they all ninety percent of them just got wiped out. Yeah. Yep. They, the dead, Germans dead. had that beach covered. Not like you, Mixon. These are the greatest generation. I don't know what you call your generation. Mm. All right, anyway, I didn't Anyways. mean to. I, I told you you're a hostile witness, but I love yeah. you. Let, I but here's you. the question, though. Yeah. So, Vince, this is why we don't win government contracts, because we don't have that kind of equipment. If we had that kind of equipment, we would be getting government contracts left and right. No, the closest thing I have to that is in my bathtub. Which is with like a little so mini version kids, of that? My, my kids got something like that. A little crane? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, Colin, how many yeah. boats have they taken out? S- they've taken out. Last last I checked, they took out fourteen. Oh, that's pretty in good progress. Shellbank Creek. Um, mm. They started up in the Bronx, and they recently came down to Brooklyn. Uh, Shellbank Creek is littered with sunken ships. I it's just don't get this. Chock full of it. Vince, did you ever hear of someone just saying, ah, "I'm just gonna dump that boat in I, a creek I, and, I, and run away"? No, I don't understand. And I've driven down Flatbush Avenue, and I've looked into like Marine, you know, over by Marine Park, and you see the boats just sitting there, laying there. They've been laying there for years. They're on the side. They're on the side of the. You, on the side of the road. I mean, it's just... It's yeah, but if I was like going to abandon a boat, I would tow it somewhere and abandon it on dry land. So, I mean, because if I abandon the boat in water, what happens to me? I get all wet. I got to swim away. I could drown. Well, I, I don't know how they do it, Gersh. Anybody ever drown in one of there? these operations there, Mixon? Uh, in the scuttling? No, yeah, in the scuttling of the boat. I don't know. Listen, I just hope they I pull up know. old Ben Gardner's boat because it's been down there since 1975. Nicely done. This is Davy yeah. Jones's locker all over again. I think, Colin, you did a great job on the story, but there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. So did they did they ever try to match up? When they dredge a boat, did they uh-huh. ever try to match up and tr- figure out who the owner was? Well, yeah. so technically the guy who left the boat there is responsible for getting Of course. Te- it's it. not technically. No, that's it's morally. It's legally. Financially. There's yeah. Sorry. However, which way you look at it. Got upset there. Yeah. Okay. So they. So how do they match them up? They they have a registration number, but um, that's pretty easy to um, yeah, obfuscate. You're, you're scuttling a boat. Yeah. You're gonna take the license plate it's off. It's one of the first things you do. I mean, it's like when I was yeah. when I was after I was dumping that dead body. I mean, all right, whatever. Forget they about just that. Scrape off the things. I think. Did they find the SS Minnow? I was hoping they'd find that as well. Uh, minnow would be lost. Mm. You don't even know what we're it's talking about, do you? Story. They have no idea. They yeah, what is this, the minnow? It's pearls before swine is what yeah. it is, Vince. It's the pearls <laughs> before swine. Anyway, all right, we got to get out. Okay. Mixon, do you think ultimately this is a good program or a bad program? $2 million, good program, but bad program? I think it's great. I no. personally think it's great. I mean, the government is doing something about this situation, which... That for years was ignored. For many years, uh, you know... No, unfunded. Been it wasn't ignored. It was unfunded. No, it was ignored, Gersh. It was ignored. Well, put your money where your mouth is. Coney Island Creek. They going into Coney Island Creek, Colin? Mm, no. No? Well, they should. All right, we got to get out. We got to get out. Colin Mixon, everybody. And, Jimmy, let's send them out with a little morning paper music. Colin, thanks for coming. You're a good young kid. Thanks a lot. There he goes, everybody. There he is. That was great to have Wow, that's not even the no. song I wanted to hear. Oh, I let it, Let's hear this. Let's hear this, Jimmy. You made a mistake, but I like it. Yeah, is it the same band? It's the morning papers. It's the full version. Let's let it play. It's the morning papers from Jimmy and the Revolvers. What did I do to make me do what I did? I mean, the song's great, Jimmy, but we got to end it at We can't just play the whole damn song. Come on. Maybe, maybe. We, can't, we can't play the guy's song. Maybe, we, you know, we'll close. We'll, we'll close. close with that. We'll close with it. Anyway, listen, guys. We got to get out. And I got to tell you something, Vince. Mm-hmm. A lot of complaints we're getting about the show. We've only been on the air for like two weeks. We're already getting complaints. You know what we're getting complaints about, Jimmy? It's not Jimmy's fault. No, no, no. Because I come I'm in. I'm the one getting the complaints. I come in. Well, they won't. I don't have the guts to talk to me. No, I come in. I come in. And I go out. I yell. Is that the problem? It's because I yell too much? That's at what? guys like Colin Mixon, Fargan-faced kids who don't know how to gut, have the guts. They're coming in. I'm getting. This is the complaint of All getting. Right, let's hear. This is the complaint of getting on the show. Everybody says to me, "Vinny Gersh is too loud. You got to quiet him down. You got to do something." You know, and I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I just like all they want to hear these days is like that kind of NPR style radio show where it's like there's, you know, there's like I guess like like 
uh, what are what, the sound of a bird starting yeah, there's, off? There's birds, maybe a little, yeah, some rain, maybe some wind. And then they start in. Jorge Cacoetas walks through the forest on his way to the village of Coamrilalabas. Yeah. He, he yeah. hasn't worn a pair of shoes in seven days. But then this morning, he is walking to the town of Cacoetas in search of his mother, who he hasn't seen in 45 years. Oh, I Why do I need to know about the shoes if he's going to see his mother for the first time in 20 minutes? Get to the freaking point. And that's why I yell. I'm not, I'm not, I was riveted by that, Gersh. Uh, you might be. That might be right. good radio. So what they said to me was, can you do a little more? So I, I tried to listen to a little bit of uh, NPR this weekend, and I, I found the Alec Baldwin show. Love, I love the Alec Baldwin show. Oh, Baldwin's great. Oh, yeah, that guy's fantastic. So he's from Long Island. I mean, you say something funny to Baldwin. Let me, let me, let me oh. give you a Listen, yeah. I'll give you a joke. All right, you ready for this? All right, All right. All right. I'll, be Alec, I'll be Alec Baldwin. You're going to be Alec Baldwin? Yeah. It doesn't have to be a joke. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a joke. Let's just say I can't do Alec Baldwin's voice though. Well, I'm gonna give you a joke. So right. a guy walks into a doctor. Doctor says, "Look, I got some bad news. You got six months to live." And the guy says, "Oh, that's <laughs> you cut me off there. You didn't even let me do the punchline." Oh no, I thought it was the six months to live. No, that's not funny. Wait, are you doing a good Baldwin or a bad Baldwin? No, I'm just doing Baldwin. All right, that's can I get li- to the punchline, then you can do your Baldwin. I right, try it again. All right, start over, Jimmy. Let's just rewind that part. Okay, here we go. So a guy walks into a doctor. Doctor says, look, I got some bad news. You only got six months to live. <laughs> no, you did it again. Oh. You cut me off at the exact time. Do you want to you hear this No, joke? it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm not doing it right. I got to try it one more time. Last time. Okay. Last time. Because it's a little higher pitch. All right, Jimmy. Make sure he doesn't cut me off this okay, time. Okay, that's right. There. Go. Guy walks into a doctor. Mm-hmm. Doctor says, look, I got some bad news for you. You only have six months to live. And the guy says, well, what's the good news? And the doctor says, who said anything about good news? <laughs> there it is. That's your Baldwin. That was my Baldwin laugh. So anyway, suffice it to say, NPR. we need to do a little bit more of this NPR stuff, apparently. But I can't do it because I get guys like Colin Mixon, Fargan Face Kids, and Mo Fathabob from the comedy club who goes wits to wits with me, and I gotta just let it out. I gotta let it out. All right. Well, can I tell you? I gotta tell you quickly about my Atlas Steakhouse experience. Oh, and you this did is not, go. You did no, this go. This is not a commercial. This is not a commercial. This is not a commercial. I, we did go to Atlas Steakhouse on my wife's birthday. I took her out there. All right, uh, Coney yeah. Island Avenue. Nice place. Nice place off of uh, off the uh, off the beaten path, I would say. Well, it's not Coney Island Avenue. It's not far from it's anything. A, it's well, Coney Island Avenue. I consider Brooklyn's spine. Oh, yeah. it's, it's the spine of Brooklyn. It's really up and coming. Depends on We're how it's there. facing. Well, they got a guy in there, and he's playing. Uh, he's playing guitar, doing a little jazz stuff going on, right? And it was Sinatra's birthday, so we had a little Sinatra action. It was nice. It was very nice. And the steaks were absolutely fantastic. And That's not, a Mediterranean-style steak. And I want to be clear on this. I paid for my meal. I'm not, I'm not going in there looking for a freebie. I'm not saying, hey, I'm Vinny from Brooklyn Paper Radio. You've heard me on the air. None of that. Well, You've like, seen me on TV. Yeah. I'm well, B-Cat. No, I'm the B-Cat star. you got to give me a steak. Yeah. He didn't do that. No, nothing like That's that. That's what I did. Well, it didn't. It, it, but, it worked. but the steak was fantastic. Great, great wine. We had some wine with it. The desserts were, were very good. My wife was very impressed. So there you have it. Well, and unlike you having a great time at Atlas Steakhouse, I went to Brooklyn Spine Center and tried the DRX 9000 for my de- degenerative disc disease. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it at that. we got to get out. <laughs> Vince, I don't know if you noticed. You didn't even ask. What's that? I've been sucking down this throat coat echinacea stuff because I have had the worst cough for like five days. Jimmy, I think it's bronchitis. Doctor says, can't help you. Got to wait a couple more days to see if it's viral or bacterial. Well, I hope it's viral at this point. Did they give you like a, a spinal tap nothing, or something? Nothing, nothing. They said try the throat coat echinacea. Throat coat. Throat mm, coat. Anyway, we got to get out. Vince, great doing a show with you. Jimmy, great doing a show with you too. Vince, what are you doing tonight? Oh, tonight. What am I doing tonight? I think I'm going to head over to Atlas Steakhouse. Uh, Giants are on Monday Night Football tonight, but I am oh, going to be at— trouble. They're in big trouble. I am going to be at the Left Rack Center with my buddies playing hockey on the ice tonight. At the Left Rack Center, 845, hopefully you'll come down and join us. we got to get out. Instead of playing Jimmy and the Revolvers, no, wh- no sorry, instead of playing the Filthy Animals, out of, it's, it's the throat coat talking, no, guys. It's, it's, it's the throat coat. You want coat. me to finish this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to go. We're going <laughs> to. First, we want to. <laughs> He's dying here. I'm not faking this. <laughs> we got to thank our sponsors. Our sponsors, <laughs> our sponsors of course, uh, Atlas Steakhouse. And uh, the Brooklyn Brooklyn Spines. Can we get Throat Coat as a sponsor for next week? And like we said, we've been playing Jimmy and the Revolvers as as our lead into our in the papers, uh, the morning paper segment. So we're going to let you go with that. And uh, And don't forget Mo Fathelbaub's show tonight at the Experimental Comedy Gallery, Broadway and Kent in East Williamsburg. That's going to be a great show. And I want to thank Art Juditu for coming on. Oh, he was great. And Jeanette Septembre from The Daily News. Yes.
Great so, show. Let's let's turn it over to Jimmy and the Revolvers and uh, Gersh. Thanks again for coming out, and we will see you next week or hear you on Brooklyn Paper Radio. Great to see you, Vince. Find out.